faith, justice, and mercy. Connecting the dots. Part two of a two-part interview with Bishop Kenneth Carter, the author of Unrelenting Grace, on episode number 62 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Healing is about setting something right. There's no healing until things are set right. Then we can heal. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble, the podcast that offers an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. We welcome you to episode 62 of To Be Encouraged, and we're joined by Bishop Kenneth Carter, the resident bishop of the Western North Carolina Conference of United Methodist Church, who is with us to continue our conversation on healing, grace, and connection. Bishop Carter gives pastoral and administrative leadership to over 1,000 congregations, fresh expressions of church, campus ministries, and outreach initiatives throughout Western North Carolina. His great hope for the church is that you will rediscover an Orthodox Christian faith that offers the radically inclusive grace of God to all people. At the same time, calls every follower of Jesus to inner holiness, missional compassion, justice rooted in the gospel, and a hopeful story of transformation. In episode 62, part two of a two-part episode, Bishop Trimble and Bishop Carter talk about this connections in the church. Indeed, Bishop Carter recalls a childhood experience where a man named Bob publicly admitted to being wrong about grace and asked for forgiveness. This kind of sets the stage this belief that his confession helped to heal the church and community by setting things right sets the stage for the conversation that we have that grace and connection and holiness are pathways to healing. In the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5 suggests that God has destined humans for salvation rather than wrath 
and encourages the listeners to support and build each other up. This is what Bishop Carter lifted up as an example. Bishop Carter and Bishop Trimble acknowledged the need for humility within the church. They share the teachings of Richard Rohr and others about humility and discuss how cultural and theological humility can be learned by following the example of Jesus Christ. They address the issue of racism, the need for anti-racism as a part of discipleship and sanctification. They recognize the difficulty of asking people to do more when they are exhausted, but emphasize the importance of taking on the work that has been avoided for a long time. They propose three ways to do this work, grace, connection, and holiness. And they emphasize the connection between justice, love, and mercy, and believe that mercy and justice go together and are necessary for each other. They go on to discuss some of the tensions between being a priest and a prophet in the church and the responsibility of using one's voice for those who don't have a voice and the challenges of speaking prophetically about welcoming others in rural areas and other places where everyone may look the same, but they maintain that it is essential to preach from the Bible and relate to the social principles and to be truly committed to social holiness. Throughout this episode, Bishop Trimble and Bishop Carter emphasized the need for healing and encourage listeners to support one another. And they also note the importance of forgiveness and how it can lead to healing. This is an encouraging message for a discouraging world. Word, world. And this episode is really a must-listen for those who want to do that and understand more, particularly about Bishop Carter's book, Unrelenting Grace. We pick up the conversation in progress between Bishop Carter, Bishop Trimble, and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. I've been thinking a lot recently, uh, Bishop Carter alluded to it, but around our commitment, our strong commitment to uh, transforming the world. We talk about making disciples for Jesus Christ, uh, but it's for to what end? And to, to that end is actually we are the people are talking a lot about co- cancel culture. Where we as Christians, we're supposed to be countercultural. So, so actually, actually, uh, what happened in Tennessee when the the two elected officials were kicked out of the state house uh, for for breaking decorum that that was the charge. I think that's that's really a Wesleyan way of life. You know, maybe maybe this is a season where we that we should be breaking more decorum. Uh, what and and Bishop Carter would know this better than me, but I think I think Wesley was outlawed from preaching in some pulpits when he started preaching. Started preaching out in the field. He and the the charge was he was breaking decorum in in essence. So Wesley broke decorum, and the Methodist movement movement grew. I'm I'm really concerned in this season that we're not just episodic about our commitment to really social justice as as a piece of social holiness. I know that's not total the total meaning of social holiness. Uh, social holiness also has to do with caring for one another, but 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 it but we're episodic and you know when George Floyd was killed, it's been some time now. And if you if you really notice how our commitment kind of dims over a period of time when it comes to 
to, to, to social justice and literally transforming the world more towards the direction of beloved community. And I think this is a season for, for United Methodists and others, uh, Christians and others who really want to see the world in a better place for our grandchildren, that, that we really can't press the mute button on our prophetic witness uh, or our commitment to social social holiness from the standpoint of I grew up in a, I'm United Methodist I grew up in a Methodist church it was that was very Methodist in its worship uh, but it also was very committed uh, uh, committed to to transform the world my my pastor who mentored me at March with Martin Luther King Jr I was 13 when Martin Luther King Jr came and spoke at our spoke at our church so while while the message was Brad get get ready for heaven it also was we need to interrupt some of the hell that people are experiencing right here on earth. You know, and, and that, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, right down the street from my house. <laughs> so so uh, I, I wanted Bishop Carter to say something about that in terms of the United Methodist way of life. Some of our pastors just have had a difficult time. And they said, Bishop, I met, met with them recently, a group of pastors saying, it's not as easy as you think, Bishop. From your chair, yes, to maybe to speak prophetic, but and when I'm speaking at a congregation in rural Indiana uh, around around welcoming the neighbor, and they say, well, everybody here kind of looks like us, it's not quite easy. And, and my, my response is that that's why we preach from the Bible, and that's why we that's why we you know we, we relate to our social principles and, and and who we are as Methodists. But but it's easier said than done. Right. Right. Well, thank you, Bishop Trimble. You know, I would say, uh, you know, a part of the genesis of this book was uh, a talk I gave as I was leaving Florida. Uh, and and it, was, it was about the idea that we're on the way to a better church. And during my 10 and a half years in Florida, we experienced the murder of Trayvon Martin. We had a we we had a church which had was by had Anglo's and African Americans in Sanford. Uh, we had the Pulse murders. We had Parkland. Uh, we we worked on we tried to work on this. And one of our cabinet members was a brilliant uh, woman named uh, Dr. Candace Lewis, uh, who would go on to be the president now of Gammon Theological Seminary. And she said to me one time, and I would say she was kind of my teacher along the way. She said, if we don't do this, we leave it for someone else later to have to do. Uh, And then Bishop Palmer said along the way, he said, we do not need a crisis followed by a catharsis followed by the status quo. My God. And so... And so we really tried to keep, are trying to keep this before people. And my language has been anti-racism as discipleship and sanctification. Hallelujah. It's it's a part of being a disciple. It's not that I've arrived. I haven't. Uh, It's not that I'm sanctified here. I'm not. But it is a part of that. It's also a part of being a healthy church that we cannot be a healthy church or a healthy people if we are racist. And so the challenge is that we are asking people to do more when they're exhausted, when they're saying to us, I can't do as much as I've been doing, I'm exhausted, 
et cetera, but we're asking them to do more. We're asking them to take on a work that we've avoided for a long time. Uh, and and I do talk about this in the book, the, the two unfinished pieces of work on the way to a better church are um, the, the response to racism and 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 not singling out one group of people for discrimination, LGBTQ persons. Uh, and again, uh, on the latter one, I come at that very much as a pastor. These were people who were part of my churches, less as, a, as an ideology. Uh, and I believe the, the three ways we can do this are, first, grace, that every person... If we are saved, we are saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Uh, God shows no partiality, Peter says in Acts 10. And second, that we are part of a connection. Uh, And we need a connection to do this work together. Uh, I worked a lot in Florida with the AME Church uh, and with the bishop of the AME Church, Bishop Adam Richardson, later Bishop Frank Reed, on matters that were important to our two churches. Uh, And then third is holiness. And holiness is on the journey to loving God, loving our neighbor. And you mentioned justice. I love the phrase, could have been Cornel West who said this, that justice is what love looks like in public. You know, and, and, and mercy and justice go together. I also, I love the verse Micah 6, 8, um, God has showed you what is good. What does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. And I remember an Old Testament professor saying about that verse, Micah 6, 8. He said, what if that is what he called a Hebrew Hebrew parallelism? So think about the 23rd Psalm. He leads me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. In, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, often the same thing is said twice. It has the same meaning, but it's said twice for emphasis. And what if to do justice and to love mercy is one thing? What if there is no mercy without justice? If we can't be merciful people, we want to separate those things. But what if there's no Mercy without justice. And I'm kidding myself if I think I can be merciful to people without being having an interest in justice. And what if there's no real justice without it being merciful? And, and I think that, for me, that means trying to walk with people to a better place and bring them along with me. And so I would say to that pastor... You know, I heard, I heard, also heard someone else say this a long time ago. As a pastor, you, we build up capital. That's the priestly part of being a pastor. We build up capital. And, we, and the thing is, we don't use that for ourselves. We use it for someone who needs us to use it for them. Uh, and so I realize it makes people uncomfortable or we lose some of that capital, but we're called to spend it for people who don't have the voice that we have. That's why we have a voice in a pulpit. And I think the, uh, and so that's the tension of being a priest and being a prophet. Uh, and I think, um, and I think we've avoided a lot of that, uh, in the, in the past. And now we're 
that's our that's our work to do. Yeah. One of the things you address towards the end of your book, and that's the the whole uh, thing of the whole process of healing, uh, healing right. in the body, and you know, the body as the body of Christ, and you know, we've got a lot of right. you know, we've got a lot of hurt, we've got a lot of pain in our church, and right. and what you've right. described there, the grace can lead to healing. But can you say a word about that in particular? Maybe maybe where you've witnessed. Uh, churches or clergy or situations, you know, uh, give us a, a gr- another example of where some healing of the body has taken place in the midst of all this uh-huh. angst. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I'll, 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 again, I'll remember, an, I'll remember an experience from when I was a, a boy. This is not in the book, but I actually wrote an upper room devotional about this, which someone told me that upper room devotional would be read by a lot more people than would ever read my books. And, uh, and so there was a man named Bob who was a member of our church and we had Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. So this would have been about 1967. So you remember Bishop Trimble, what that time was in the deep South and 1967, I was about 10 and we had Sunday morning service, Sunday school. We had Sunday afternoon youth and then a Sunday evening service. And at the end of the Sunday evening service, the, there were about 75 of us there. And the pastor asked at the end of the service, does anyone have anything they would like to say for the good of the church? And... As a boy, I was always praying that nobody would say anything because we'd been there a long time that Sunday. You know, we'd been there Sunday morning, Sunday evening. And and Bob's, his name was Bob Jeffords. And Bob said, I've got something to say. He said, I just, he looked around at everybody and he was a mild-mannered guy. He was a Keebler cookie salesman. Uh, and he said, I've got something to say. He said, I just want you all to know that I recognize I have been all wrong about race. And he said, I have been all wrong about it. And he said, I have asked God to forgive me. And then he looked around at everybody and he said, if if God is speaking to you about this, I would encourage you to ask God to forgive you. Hmm. And that was all that was all he said. Now, this was in South Georgia in 1967. Now, why do I share that narrative? Uh, You know, that's been a long time ago. You know, that's been 50 years ago. And but I remember it. And we forget a lot of things. But I would say he was healing that body that evening. You know, I've had I've had broken bones. I've had a broken shoulder. I've had a ruptured tendon in my leg. Uh, uh, Healing is about setting something right. There's no healing until things are set right. Then we can heal. And and that's what he was doing. I realize with our church. He was setting things right. And uh, that's a part of the healing 
uh, I do believe that grace, connection, and holiness are our pathways to healing. And, and we all need healing. We've all been broken in some way, some more than others. And so that's really where the book leads to. Uh, people are in churches and some of their friends have left or they cannot go back to the church that was their church and they're somewhat lost. Um, people retired and they didn't have celebrations to honor them. There were deaths and families. We didn't have memorial service. We didn't have a service for people in my own family, a couple of them. Uh, all these losses. And I think how we are healing these losses. And, you know, Jesus was a healer. That was the main thing he did. And people were interested in his teaching, uh, usually because he healed people. Like in John 9, he heals the man who was born blind, and then he teaches, I'm the light of the world. And so, you know, that's uh, healing is really critical right now. Well, that's an, in, in a lot of ways. that's an encouraging word there, you know, grace, connection, and holiness. That's an encouraging word. And Bishop Trumbull, I'm sure that you've been encouraged by our conversation here today, and you have a word to, to share with us, maybe a word of thanks for Bishop Carter, but anything else that you are encouraged about today about our conversation? Well, no, I, I, I want to thank Bishop Carter. I, I, like, I like this book a lot, and at the end of the book, he talks about how we can sustain our basic practices and, and really, really live a life of holiness with God's help. And uh, I hope maybe we can do another episode because uh, there's a lot more I want to talk about that I think would be worthwhile talking about. Central, for example, central to the Lord's prayer is forgiveness. And I know mm -hmm. I've been wrestling with the whole notion. Uh, my, my anger has been probably at its highest peak because of misinformation. Now, maybe it's just right. in Indiana. Indiana. Maybe right. it's central to Indiana. Mm -hmm. It might not be happening yeah. the rest of the world. But, mm -hmm. but through this whole disaffiliation process, early on and then kind of midway through, I just discovered I didn't realize there was so much misinformation that people right. were, were consumed and, and uh, were consuming. And it just made me, I, I, I feel like I was losing my, capacity for for humility and that I, and I was being robbed of something in terms mm -hmm. of my own spiritual discipline so i know that central to the lord's prayer is forgiveness and you you talk about this as well but i just want to say thank you to to ken and and uh, extend an invitation maybe for another conversation yeah, that we can, i would i would that, be honored yeah, thank you we, we, yeah. that we can explore i think uh i think someone in a conversation recently brad talked about what does the church need and I, I said, well, one of the things I think we really need, and, and Richard Rohr talks about this as well, is, is we Christians really need to find a way to, to, to uh, re-embrace humility. Uh, and I know sometimes there, sometimes I, I can be guilty of, of maybe a religious arrogance, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I think we really need to find humility, cultural humility, uh, right. uh, you know, theological humility. Uh, and uh, I think we can do that by following the, the example of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brad, let me let me close with a reading from First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another, build up each other, 
as indeed you are doing. My brother and friend, uh, Bishop Ken Carter, you have encouraged us not just with unrelenting grace, but with your witness over these many years as a pastor and as a leader in uh, the United Methodist Church and in ecumenical circles. And uh, we just want to encourage you as you continue in your Thank witness. You. And you. uh, somebody might listen to this podcast, Brad, as they've done in the past and be looking looking for a sign. And we just want to say that Jesus loves you. That won't be voted on at our general conference or any place else. <laughs> that's that's unrefutable, can't be overturned by the Supreme Court or the Judicial Council. Jesus loves you. This Amen. I know for the Bible tells us so. Amen. Amen. What a great way for us to conclude together that Jesus loves us. This has been the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Our special guest today has been Bishop Ken Carter from Western North Carolina. I'm Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. We thank you for joining us on the podcast, which offers an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. An incredible conversation between Bishop Kenneth Carter, Bishop Julius Trimble, and myself, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, which uh, emphasizes this connection, this need for grace, unrelenting grace, as Bishop Carter says. A few takeaways from our discussion here today. One is that healing is a crucial element in Christianity, and it requires grace, connection, and holiness. And as Christians, we must commit to embracing grace, connecting with others, and striving for holiness in our lives and in our churches. The second thing is that racism and and exclusivity cannot coexist in a healthy church. Anti-racism work is essential for discipleship and sanctification for Christians, and the inclusion of LBGTQ plus individuals is necessary for building an inclusive church. Number three, we can learn from Jesus' example of humility, cultural humility, theological humility, and by following the footsteps of Jesus, we can avoid religious arrogance and prioritize the collective good. And number four, the transformation and social justice are need to be at the forefront of Christian work. And as Christians, we must be willing to speak prophetically and challenge societal norms to build the beloved community. We must focus on transforming the world, not really conforming to it, and prioritize social holiness above all else. In this conversation, we were reminded that the work of Christianity involves constant reflection, introspection, and growth, and we have to strive to create a community that is indeed empathetic and exclusive and just, even when that's a hard thing to do and can often be discouraging. We can find comfort and encouragement in the grace of Jesus Christ. In this episode of To Be Encouraged, we we are pleased that Bishop Carter was able to share with us the words of wisdom from his book, Unrelenting Grace. Bishop Trimble, as always, for offering his insights and reflections. This is an engagement where Bishop Julius Trimble and myself offer such great guests as Bishop Carter to speak into the life of the people of the United Methodist Church and indeed lift it up to be an encouraging word for an often discouraged world. We hope that you'll tune in again next time to the To Be Encouraged podcast 
as we talk to more folks and understand more meaningfulness in the life of encouragement. Our next episode of the To Be Encouraged podcast will feature reports and reflections from the 2023 Indiana Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. For Bishop Julius C. Tribble, I am Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, reminding you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimple. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. And never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.